I'm Lisa Dumas, therapeutic yoga educator. And I'm Amy Pruitt, a registered nurse, a yoga teacher, and I own a yoga studio. And this is the Radiant Warrior Podcast, where we offer skills, inspirations, stories, and guests to help us live a life of purpose, contentment, and self-worth. Our intention is to share how our practices support us in our contemporary lives and help us to reclaim our courageous hearts. Hi, Amy. Hi, Lisa. We've been talking about how the answer to the question, how are you, has become not so easy to answer anymore. True. Because in this moment, everything can feel fine and and I can feel energized and full of vitality. But if you catch me in another moment, there's another reality, another emotion. Um, It's changing hourly. Totally. Totally. Changing hourly. Every day is different. Every day is different. So yeah, there's no straight answer for that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And we were talking about how the different places that we live have laid out the changes and the plans for physical distancing in such a way that every single day there's something different, something, a new reality to live with. And, you know, spiritual practices are constantly teaching about acceptance and going with the flow of life. And I feel like at this time, it is such an incredible opportunity to practice. And you have an understanding of how challenging that is when everything around you is changing. And we as human beings, we love to think that we can control things. And there's so much that's out of our hands. Oh, yeah. We had talked about if you had said to any of us on March 1st what we would be, what life would look like in 30 days, you know, I I said there would have been riots, that yeah. there just would have been no way that any of us would have been able to predict, predict what our daily lives would look like now. Mm-hmm. And it really illustrates our adaptability as human beings. And you know, I know through your sharing that the government in Ohio, very similarly to here in Canada, every day there has been uh, a new shift or something that is laid out. So we've been really eased into this new reality. However, um, there is what's happening and then there's what we think about that. And there are a lot of emotions that are connected to what has been canceled or what has been delayed. And for me, it's just that constant reminder that everything's temporary, everything's temporary. And I can feel my mind want to go into strategizing and making plans because this, does this ever illustrate the futility in planning? You know, my, my husband and I thought that we made such wise choices in, in some investments and some real estate for, for future um, empty nest. And, and now, you know, there's, there's just so much in question and we've got to adapt and we have to be quite fluid. And it's, it's interesting because it's everything that I've been teaching about and practicing in my own practice, this idea of going with the flow of life. But then when you're really faced with having so much that we typically enjoy completely out of our control, um, then you're faced with, okay, now you really have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about how we were told, I mean, I think it was April 13th was our first deadline. You know, we were going to shut things down till like April 13th and it was like, okay, we just have to make it, we just have to make it to April 13th. Okay. We can do that. And that seems hard, but, but we can do that. And then we're extended to May 1st now. Okay. We just have to make it to May 1st. Okay. That's going to be a little bit harder, but we can do that. And I think everyone realizes now that those are just kind of arbitrary things, deadlines that, that, like you said, things shift so quickly and, and from day to day, it's a new change. And then tomorrow is a new change. And then the day after that's a new change. And you know, I think about this whole, in the U.S., we had this stimulus package. You know, everyone, all the businesses shut down, everything shut down, and everyone was really scared and afraid. And our 
unemployment filings went off the charts, like just off the charts, the number of unemployment filings. And okay, but but we just have to get through to they just have to pass the stimulus bill and then everything's going to be okay. And, you know, and we're finding that this whole stimulus bill is a disaster. (laughs) And, um, you know, they there's the passing of the stimulus bill and then there's the execution of the stimulus bill, which are two very different things. And Mm -hmm. finding out that the execution of whatever government assistance is coming will be very far off or very convoluted or very confusing. And so it's like we get these dates or laws or restrictions and then we hang on to those and then they change. And then we get a new one and we hang on to it and then it changes. And, and I was reflecting on that, like how it felt like I was standing on two different um, pieces of ground and they were both moving at the same time, you know, and, and trying to just keep my balance and keep standing when it felt like the earth was shifting under me constantly and and then just letting that go, like letting go of this attachment I had to these dates or these ideas or restrictions that, you know, just kind of surrendering to what's happening right now and, and going with that. And that felt so much easier than hanging on to anything, really. Um, so that's what I've been thinking about the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I remember when I first started diving into yoga philosophy and the concept of non-attachment came up and the invitation in that is to ask yourself, okay, well, who am I without the defining qualities of what I do for a living? Who am I without the things that I have without my material possessions? Who am I without uh, all the things that I think about myself and the ways in which I define myself and the people that I love? What are we left with? And we're really be inviting, we are really being invited to practice that now because there is a lot that is falling away for a lot of us. And what I'm talking about when I'm teaching, what I'm talking about with my clients and with myself is you know, obviously my dharma is teaching a lot about anxiety. And there's anxiety that feels acute and it feels like we're flooded and overwhelmed. And then there is situational anxiety. So what I'm offering now is we have plenty of reasons to feel anxious and to feel fear and to be worried. Absolutely. And what we've also talked about together on this show is the purpose of emotions and how they're there to guide us and how fear is healthy because it's part of our survival system. Fear is here to keep us alert and awake and to take the next right action. And so we see these health organizations around the world, they are taking the actions that they feel is the next right action for us. And we as individuals are also taking action and we're seeing a lot of beauty um, being expressed at this time. There are a lot of helpers. There are a lot of people that are donating and looking inside and asking themselves, what can I do to help? There are people that are following the rules and are staying at home and only going out once a week. And these are all actions that we're taking in response to what is healthy fear. But it's easy with everything changing and not being able to count on a day-to-day um, continuity. It's easy to tip into feeling flooded and having this anxiety become overwhelming. And then that's the time where we can fall back on some of our practices and some of the underpinnings of yoga and Ayurveda that you know I get comfort in these practices because the technology of yoga was created in order to help human beings with our tendencies, which is there's what's happening in our lives. 
And then there's what we think about that and how often we think about that. You know, we, there is suffering right now. There is, there's no two ways about it. You're a nurse, you're, you're in the healthcare system. There is suffering. But then for a lot of us, we do create additional suffering for ourselves based on how often that we're thinking about that. And then that's that's the question of non-attachment there. It's not that we become passive and we don't care or we numb out or we distract ourselves. We are aware. But then we realize what we can control and what we can't. And often the only thing that we can control is like our own inner landscape and I think also an important action that we can take right now is keeping ourselves healthy. And that doesn't mean that this is a time for improvement, or maybe it is. This this time is going to have to be authentically spent by each and every individual. But an action that I know that I can take in my family is keeping myself healthy, but also keeping myself mentally healthy. Um, I'm with these people here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and staying connected to my heart and in this episode I'll talk about just a few super simple ways that I'm doing that right now. Um that feels like like a powerful action that I can take. Yeah, you had talked about non-attachment and that's really resonating with me right now of all the things that we thought were so important in our lives or possessions or identities or positions or jobs or real estate, what my business, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really in an instant recognizing what actually is important. And, um, before I closed the studio, we were in the midst of this eight li- studying the eight limbs class and we use the book, The Yamas and the Niyamas by Deborah Adele. And so I've been pulling that book out frequently because I found such wisdom in her words. And so she talks about a parigraha, non-possessiveness, non-attachment. And and she says, a parigraha invites us to let go and to pack lightly for our journey through life, all the while caring deeply and enjoying fully. And Mm -hmm. And that really resonated with me, this, this shedding that I feel like we're all going through and how painful that can be for so many of us, you know, there is deep worry and deep fear and, you know, a sense of insecurity for a lot of people Mm -hmm. who have lost their livelihoods and, you know, or fear of sickness and illness and, and so that idea of packing lightly and, and enjoying deeply and fully right now, you know, just really right now resonated with me. Like, how can we make each day, even in the midst of a pandemic, how can we make each day mean something, even though we're afraid of losing things or possessions or finances, how can we make each day full? So I've been trying to sit with that a lot. I love that. It was one of the most confusing concepts for me to wrap my brain around when somebody first taught me about non-attachment and especially non-attachment of the outcome, because as human beings, we're such strivers and planners and strategizers. But as that passage so beautifully illustrated, it doesn't mean that we don't live with heart and desire and longing and enjoying the beauty, but we do so for the purpose of it rather than a specific outcome. We can have hope, which we are all hanging on to hope right now, mm-hmm. but ultimately there's so much out of our control that there needs to be a shift into this sort of sublime acceptance. But nobody said that that was going to feel good or be easy. None of those teachings said that. Mm -mm. No, no. And it's, and it seems simple and um, abstract, 
oh, practice non-attachment. Don't be attached, you know, like really, like our whole lives are about, you know, seem to be built or structured around striving and doing and producing and gaining. And, and, and now, you know, this is asking us to open our hands and like, let it go and trust and have faith and have hope. And that's really hard to do sometimes not knowing the outcome. Like, like you said, I have a really hard time seeing the other side of this, you know, like, and, and then letting that go, like, you know, not, not creating expectations for what it will be like, like letting it unfold the way it's supposed to without me interfering. So it's just, it's just so, I find myself, I can feel it when I start to get a, attached to something like these dates, these arbitrary like deadlines of when things will, you know, expand again and when our society will open back up. And our our government in the state has done such a beautiful job. The way they are guiding us is just beyond so smart, the way they are holding our hand through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And letting us know, you know, that things will change. These dates will change. They're letting us know that these are not solid deadlines. And they are saying, we will not open back up everything at once. We will, you know, expand very slowly. So even these dates in May or in June or whatever, you know, they're saying, mm, don't get too attached to those, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, this is, this experience, I mean, if it's teaching us anything, you're, you're illustrating a great point. It is teaching us non-attachment. We have no choice but to learn it. And it's also showing us where we are really attached Mm -hmm. in, in my home, I can see how attached I am to, you know, this is my, my codependent streak coming out attached to my daughter's contentment. And, you know, in my own brain, it's hard enough for me to not attach to a date when things will go back to normal. But for those of us at home with, you know, tweens or teens who are asking questions and wanting to get back to being with friends, and will they maybe be able to have some sort of gathering for grad? What about birthdays? You know, all these questions and dealing with all of this disappointment, I mean, it's the ultimate lesson in parenting how I can't make this better for her. Mm-mm. And mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a pain in that, of course. But again, what a profound lesson because ultimately I, I never can control anything for her or how she's feeling, although mm-hmm. I've tried. You know, there there is a lot of um letting go when it comes to just holding space for her experience rather than being able to really change anything about it. Glennon Doyle Wambach has mm-hmm. daily family meetings mm-hmm. and, and her family meeting this morning was about that, about her um, children's loss and pain and grief and how it's theirs and that we shouldn't necessarily try to take that away from them. No. That this is their grief and they should be allowed to grieve all the things that they're losing and and how that will shape them for the future, you know, and hoping that that creates this generation that's so much more compassionate and empathetic than we could possibly imagine and and I thought that was that was so touching that to acknowledge all this loss and grief that all these, every age group is experiencing. And it's not just us thinking of our finances or our positions or our jobs, but also, like you said, the teens who are losing these milestone moments right now and not to say that they can't have them mm-hmm. later, but that's a loss. And to acknowledge that and, and, you know, I, even my grandsons are, you know, we're trying to figure out the Easter bunny 
for a Sunday mm-hmm. and how the Easter bunny can like get to their house, you know, and because they're all at home and she's never, my daughter is never away from them. And so trying to navigate how the Easter bunny could, you know, still visit their house and, and maybe his schedule might be a little bit different. And that's a loss, you know, like, you know, for those little boys that if, if somehow the Easter bunny doesn't pull off Easter, (laughs) you know, or they're, you know, they have very big, um, traditions in their, in their world, you know, they go to their other grandfather's farm and they see the horses and all the animals and, you know, that everyone is experiencing these losses right now. And, and, you know, how this, this collective grief and loss feels very palpable, like very, not just with illness and sickness and death, but also like all the other things too. The Radiant Warrior Podcast will be right back. Hi, this is Lisa. And this episode is brought to you by the digital version of my signature workshop, the Warrior to Warrior Workshop, Therapeutic Yoga Skills to Soothe an Anxious Mind and Body. This almost two-hour accessible yoga meditation and personal development workshop includes accessible breath techniques, movements, and grounding skills to relax the nervous system and promote the healing of excess worry. It intends to re-educate an overly fearful mind and relax a depleted nervous body. It offers inspirations to cultivate a kinder inner dialogue, uncover and tend to unhelpful thought patterns, and to build a boundary of self-worth to help build resilience to self-consciousness and shame. That's the digital version of the Warrior to Warrior workshop at lisadumasyoga.com. You'll find it in store. So much compassion for our families and our children and ourselves is called for right now. You know, I just think about even developmentally, the brain of a teenager just can't fathom the future and consequences. And so, you know, there's also, I know with a, a lot of other moms and my friends that I'm talking to, there's a lot of pushback around the rules right now. So home is, is rife with high emotions. And what I would offer just based on how I've realized sometimes the best thing that I can do when it comes to mothering because of my daughter's age is just as we've talked about, allowing her experience to be what it is and allowing her to process. And instead of offering advice, which, you know, I I love to do, I love to help if I can, but instead of doing that, what can I do for myself to create a grounded sensation in me? Because, you know, there, there is a lot of teachers and and authors and psychotherapists that and healers that talk about the people that you live with you know you're we're absorbing more than we think and it's hard to discern what's ours and what's them when we're so intermingled with one another and for me the best thing that I've been able to do is just stay with myself and know what's mine and create a sense of grounding in myself and I love to offer um, like a specific, very simple real world way that we can ground in uncertain times in this episode. Please. Well, I'd also love to know, um, because I know that you are somebody that's heading out into the world and, and still working and have to remain so grounded as a nurse. So I also want to hear from you um, because I know you have, I know that you have lots of things to share around that. But from a therapeutic yoga standpoint, it's really interesting connecting physically to our feet and to our legs. And so we're all in our homes and in our households now. And even as simple as if you're standing in the kitchen, chopping something or washing something, just to take a moment to feel both of your feet on the ground. Um, Yoga philosophy will teach that our feet actually have a lot of energy receptors and it can be really calming for us to connect our feet in a very well aligned way 
into the ground. And if you can even get barefoot out onto the earth or just imagining that your feet are planted into the earth, there's actually evidence that that is super calming for the nervous system. There is a lot more than we think about when it comes to planting your feet firmly on the ground and making sure that you're really creating a nice, even base. You know, I could go into what yoga teaches about Padabandha, like the specific way that the feet become almost like suction cups and you're drawing earth energy from the arches of the feet up the inseam of the legs. And then you have your pelvic floor, which is sort of a mirror of the arches of the feet. And that even draws prana up the central channel of your body. I mean, for those of you who are into that, that's the potential. You know, at the very most, planting both of your feet on the ground can create this sense of calm, both in our nervous systems, but also in the unseen parts of who we are. And all I ever feel authentic about teaching is what's really worked for me. And I've said this here before, that was one of the primary reasons that yoga had me from the first practice, because the art of having to plant my feet in a certain way and be very steady on my feet was so healing. It did create a sense of calm that washed over my my physical body. And I took that off the mat. And then upon greater studies to learn that the feet and the legs are connected to, you know, an energetic part of us that governs our sense of safety. And if we don't have that, if we're not fostering that connection to feeling grounded, then we can tip into feeling a sense of um, unsafety and or feeling a sense of being unsafe and afraid. And again, that's not to take away all the reasons that we have to feel fear. There's There are good reasons for that. However, when there's a lot that we can't control, what we can control is at least staying with ourselves. And so that's just something very simple. And then just some reasons, both physiologically and maybe energetically, that standing firmly on your feet in the center of your household, whether you live alone and you're caring for yourself or animals or family, and we have to take care of ourselves first. And that's just something we can do is to stay with ourselves and connect with that kind of present, centered, grounded energy. I have that practice of feeling my feet on the ground every day. And it really does help. I think for me, one thing that has been really helpful is, and I think you've said it too, in your area, the weather is shifting, the weather is changing. Yeah. Where I live, we have this balcony and we have sliding doors to the balcony from the bedroom and from the living room. And so opening up those and just feeling the breeze and hearing the birds and, and we have a lot of trees right outside our balcony and just having that connection to life outside. I think spending too much time in my place with the doors shut and the windows shut is not good for me mm-hmm. and opening up the windows and opening up the doors and letting the breeze come through. And, and we've even been, you know, sleeping at night now with the balcony doors open and, and it's been storming here at night. And that's been really interesting to, have this connection and to see outside that life is is still going on and spring is here and and we have deer that come up to the balcony and um you know even though we are living through this pandemic and we are being asked to stay in our homes still having that connection to life outside our home has been very important to me that life is still happening. And our, our director of health for the state said this really poignant thing the other day. And she said that she did not think that life was shutting down, that she felt like this was waking us all up. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that was inspiring hope for the future for her, that we were not shutting down, but that we were actually waking up and that struck me as so true, you know, how we are being asked to do these things that are closing businesses and closing stores and, and you know, asking to retreat into our homes. But how is that waking us up to what's important or to what we want from life? 
we can get in these habits or ruts, or we could have taken a turn down life, you know, that may not be serving us anymore. And having this time to really examine what's important has been true for me, you know, instead of just kind of going with the flow and, oh, I should be doing this now, or I should be doing that. Mm -hmm. There's that should word that never works. And Mm -hmm. having the opportunity to examine what's important has been very powerful for me right now to ground myself into the very present moment, like not even just today, but just the very present moment. Well, nobody ever said that transformation was easy. In the wisdom traditions, they talk about the, the fire of transformation. And what I'm hearing you say is that that is happening whether we like it or not. I think a lot of us are becoming awake to how we distracted ourselves, what we spent our time and money on. And a lot of that is just taken away the opportunities to um, go out and, and do and fill our time for a lot of us is taken away. And a lot of us will find other ways to distract and listen, we have to hang on to those life rafts right now, we have to do what we need to do. And that's why that compassion is so important right now. We're so connected by social media and there's, there's a lot <laughs> There's a lot of judgment going on that that I'm observing. You know, people will be sharing how they're spending their time and then others will comment that maybe that's not a great way to spend their time. And And I'm just thinking about what our counselor, Susan Gutridge, said on uh, a previous episode where she said, you know, hand to the heart. There's just another human that's suffering. And that's that's really the truth. We're all processing this and integrating this in our own way. And we can only see through our own lens. I love being educated about the lens of others. And um, it is true that physical distancing is actually a privilege, you know, being able to stay in our homes and stay safe. It is a privilege. And that's what the true meaning of self-compassion is. You know, it's not about pitying other people or, um, it's it's about really being able to broaden our perspectives and step in the shoes of other people and and be able to sort of inwardly say, yeah, you know, me me too, finding a way that we can understand. And we're really called to that right now. We're really called for compassion to ourselves, sitting with whatever is coming up, compassion for our family members and for what we're seeing in the world. And, and simply just for ourselves, taking the next right action. Yeah, that compassion piece is vital right now. I, I know for myself, one of the kindest things I've been doing for myself is unfollowing mm-hmm. <laughs> different, mm-hmm. different um, people or businesses on social media. If, if it just doesn't, serve me, then I am just removing it from my site right now. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, that nobody knows what to do right now. So <laughs> really just coming up with your own plan for your, for your own existence right now and not judging others for how they're getting through this time is just so important. And you know, the other night I went to bed at five thirty at night. <laughs> I was just, I was just done, and and that was okay. I wasn't gonna exercise. I wasn't gonna cook a healthy meal. I wasn't going to read something inspirational. I was going to call it a day, mm-hmm. and and I went to bed at five thirty at night, and that was the most compassionate thing I could do for myself that day, and and not try to accomplish anything at all because that wasn't going to serve me. And, and everyone, everyone just needs to really take care of themselves in the best way that, that serves them right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Just uh, another example of what we can't control. We can't control 
what other people are doing or saying or how they're handling. We can just we can just control what's going on within our own boundaries. And something else, just something little um, that I'm doing, just because my lens does include living in close quarters with my family, as many, many people are in that same situation, is my teacher talks about creating an ask in order to just feel a little bit more connected. And just what we're talking about, being grounded amidst the ever-changing landscape of our outer world. But to make a decision upon first waking, okay, so what is my intention today? And then to create this inward thought of, may I be So for instance, you know, may my heart be open today. And then we do the best that we can, but at least we stayed with ourselves and we created some sort of intention that we can come back to. So this is just what's been helping me in in my days right now is my my inward ask is, may I be connected to my higher self? Whatever, Whatever that means to me. And for me, I've talked about it here just a a higher perspective, something that my primitive brain, my fear-based brain, my reactive part of me wouldn't necessarily go to because I'm very aware of the negative ruminations that are present for me right now and my worries and my fears and all the ways that I'm trying to control my experience and all the ways that I'm distracting myself. I can feel all of that. Mm -hmm. So what that means to me is it's just a part of me that can access some higher perspectives. And so my inward ask that I feel is supportive is may I be connected to that part of myself today? And that that has been a, a great support system. Hmm. I'm still holding on to what would love say and what would love do. Yeah. And I mean, that's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I am still working. And so I'm encountering, you know, the the public in some form and, you know, working in the hospital and I'm working with other nurses and, and just like the rest of the world, nurses are feeling all these things too, at varying degrees and ver- various times. And we're not all coming to this the same place at the same moment. And so you're around other people who are feeling all these different emotions, you know, whether it's anger, frustration, or sadness or grief, or they have reached resolution and, and, and that can trigger different things in different people. And having that to return to often when I am around other nurses who are expressing different things or coming, you know, or they're afraid or, they're nervous or anxious themselves about their own health and then the health of their patients or what they're being asked to do and trying to just come from a place of love. You know, how can, how can I just be a force of love right now for those around me? And, you know, cause they're human too. They're having a human experience. And so it's a lot it's a lot to encounter every day. And then, and, and that's just in various degrees of, you know, the work that we're doing, everything feels like it could potentially be triggering right now. You know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. any little thing feels like it could potentially create something in your nervous system. And I was, we were talking before this about how, I was kind of right. I was riding this wave and, you know, I had recognized that I was very furious and then I was very sad and then I was very sorrowful and, and I kind of rode through those. And then I was kind of coming to this place of really examining my attachments and, and trying to surrender to attachment and just be present. And then, you know, I, get an email that I was talking to you about, about um, our instructions for redeployment in the nursing field and how we are being asked to be ready to redeploy. And then I was like, oh, (laughs) you know, like I was, I was having a pretty okay day until I got that one email and, 
Um, you know, and so it feels like at any turn, there could be something that, that triggers you or, or incites something in your nervous system and, and kind of rolling with the next thing and, and navigating through that and not trying to do it all, like just taking care of what's right in front of you right now and not, you know, trying to figure everything out for the future, but just maybe for me, it might just be like, okay, what am I going to eat for dinner? Mm -hmm. And then that's all I'm going to figure out right now. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to figure out anything else until I have the strength or the energy to, to put my attention on the next thing. Yeah. And having very little expectations of myself right now, as far as planning and executing. And, and that's not to say I'm not getting anything done. I am, but I'm also really piecemealing it down into small things to not give my brain so many things to do. I know that later today I'm going, you know, to the grocery store. And so that's all I have in my future right now. Mm-hmm. on my brain is okay I'm gonna go to the grocery store and then I won't think of anything else to do until I get on the other side of that task and then wow. some, you know and then something else will you know then I'll think of something else to do but I'm only gonna come up with the next thing and then that's it uh, trips outside of the house to essential services are actually quite rife for um, emotional responses from me. And I'm wondering if anybody else feels this way because I've only gone shopping twice since uh, we first started self-isolating at the middle of March. And so when I go, it's shocking and it's such a reminder of where we're at. Everybody wearing masks, lining up outside of the drugstore before you can go in, stickers on the floor, uh, preventing you from being any closer than six feet from one another, um, plexiglass protectors between you and the cashier. But what feels most unnatural in my body is the having to avoid other people. Um, I work from home. I always have worked from home. And so outings are this opportunity of connection and meeting with strangers and saying hello and talking when you're in line to check out. It's, I can feel that codependent part of myself feeling just so awful for having to give everybody this wide berth, just, just assuming that, that everybody is contagious. You know, we've been told to just, just, just assume that and stay away from everybody. It feels so unnatural to me. Just stay away from everybody. When, I'm going and walking through the park. If I see somebody coming, I am like obviously <laughs> taking a different path so that we don't have to encounter one another. That hurts my heart. I And I'll take that action, of course, and try to catch somebody's eye and, and give a smile despite the fact that we are avoiding one another at all costs, but uh, it hurts my heart. Yeah, I, f- I found that too. I take Charlie on walks, you know, a couple times a day. And when I see people out, I don't even like, I, I find myself like not even looking at them, like avoiding them and also avoiding looking at them. And then I, and then I feel bad about that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That I'm like not looking at them. And then, but then I feel like if I'm like trying to like look at them and like smile at them, then I'm invading their space. And then they're not looking at me you know, they're avoiding me. And then I feel like I'm being intrusive just by even like acknowledging them. Yes. Just okay. the- this is not a conversation that I've heard yet. And I'm so glad that we're having it. I, I think we all sort of need to agree that w- we can just give each other, we can just send each other, you know, loving vibes, even though we're at, we're completely avoiding each other. But I think it speaks to um, the actions that our bodies are taking, that, that that creates how we feel, like we've talked about here before, how our thoughts create our emotions and then our emotions create our actions, but we can also take actions or we can make movements with our body to feel a certain way. And that's why yoga is so powerful or any way that you're moving your body. So when we are physically avoiding other human beings, 
I think there is a response within that is almost like, well, we're, we're avoiding because there's something bad or wrong. And so our eyes will avert. And I've been noticing that too. And as if I'm othering somebody else. And, and so I think, you know, I've been attempting to try to catch their eye with a sort of a, you know, communication of, (laughs) (laughs) this is crazy what we're doing here. But yeah, that part is so unnatural. It feels so awkward. It, It hurts my heart. I, I do miss, I, I just miss being able to commune with other people. And then that's when I have to l- listen to me. I'm like in real time working with non-attachment, you know, mm-hmm. clearly that's a, that's a big attachment mm-hmm. and it's, it's attachment to all of us. We're wired for connection and now our connection just has to be so different. And the reality is we're, we just have to miss people and we just have to miss some of that connection and, as you said, a time to do the inside work of non-attachment. Who am I when I can't have all these interactions every day? Who am I when I can't embrace my friends? And what I would say, just based on the work I've done, it may sound cheesy or whatever, but well, okay, it's a time to go in and find what parts of me are feeling abandoned right now or triggered and, and, and kind of embrace myself. Yeah. I, part of me feels too, like it's this, you know, we've been given this six feet of distance and then it feels arbitrary. And if I start to make eye contact with somebody, if I start to talk to somebody, then I'm somehow like messing with this barrier. Like it feels very safe and natural to talk to somebody on FaceTime, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I dropped off stuff um, that my daughter needed in her garage. And then I stood like across the street and talked to them. Mm-hmm. And, and that felt even like I was violating something, you know, like, um, and I, and I know for social distancing, we're not to do anything non-essential and, you know, and so I did need, there was something that she really needed and I dropped it off. And, but the boys had a hard time with like, they kept wanting to inch closer to me, yes, of course. you know, they wanted to inch closer to me and we kept having to like, say, no, 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 like stay on, you know, stay on that side of the street. And, mm-hmm. and that felt like that, what they were doing felt kind of like what, if I was going to have a conversation with somebody who I saw in public, like walking by them, that felt kind of the same way. Like we're drawn to each other, mm-hmm. you know, we're drawn to other people. We're going to inch closer to them. So it just felt like, okay, just pretend they're not there, you know, because that felt to me like I'd be opening up this invitation of needing to talk to somebody or check on them or what socialize with them. And then, mm-hmm. and then somehow I'm violating this safety that we've created by not, you know, being around each other. Yeah. It's so, it's hard. It's really hard yeah. to, to do right now because we are, you know, we're humans and we like to be around each other, most of us. <laughs> well, this is the ultimate practice of social distancing. I've been talking to you for over a year now mm-hmm. um, from Vancouver to Columbus, Ohio. And uh, it's always soothing to my soul to have these these flowing conversations with you, Amy. And it's just a reminder you know, because we don't get a chance to talk often beyond recording this together, but it's it's just a reminder that wherever we are, we're we're on some spectrum of all the emotions. We're we're on some spectrum of feeling insecure and so out of sorts, and you know, knowing that it feels better to dive into Mm self-compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when things feel so uncertain right now and they're changing all the time. So just that's what we can attach ourselves to love and compassion. And welcoming it all. You know, we talked to Kobe Kozlowski about her book and one of the practices was welcoming 
each each day how does it feel rather than you know taking a deep breath and looking at your phone to see what the latest statistics are but before that how would it feel to say okay I welcome I welcome the sensations in my body to this new day um, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I've got, I feel so much tension in my body. And I think that, I think that my body is having a reaction that maybe my mind hasn't taken the time to really feel, but welcoming whatever is arising in body, welcome whatever is arising when it comes to emotions, when it comes to the ruminations of the mind. And this is something that we learn in these practices that it helps us to ground into what is if we soften towards it. There, there are some things that I, I of course, know that we can never really soften in towards, that, that we can never really accept. I mean, I understand that. But the practices just ask us to consider finding a soft accept, acceptance and maybe even a part of us within that is always okay and that is always content. And that's the heart of yoga. And that's something that's given me a lot of peace throughout all of the perils and the suffering of life is maybe it's theoretical to some, but this idea that at our core, there is a part of us that's always okay. I think that was the perfect way to end this. All right, my dear. Will you take care of yourself? I will. And you take care of yourself as well. I will. And to everybody listening, um, we hope that you are staying safe and well. And we truly are all in this together apart. Yes, we are all in this together. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.